Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Gary Rowett, and you're listening to the world famous Acton Millwall. Good morning, dear listeners. I say good morning because Neil and I are both watching England play Pakistan in the Test Match Cricket uh, at the moment. Welcome to to Neil Fissler. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, Yeah, it's a shame we had to interrupt watching the cricket to record a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, 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 we give to our public. We're giving to our public. It's a busy sporting weekend, Neil. Well, as I say, we've mentioned the cricket already with this new Pakistan sensation. Abra has taken seven wickets in, I think this is in Multan, they said, in Pakistan. But uh, England struck back early of another wicket in, in return. Um, are you a fan, Neil, of, the, of this so-called baseball approach? I, I mean, you're, you're a cricket man through and through. Do you... Do you approve of that approach in Test Match Cricket? Yes, I do to a certain... Yeah, but it makes it quite interesting, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, rather than yeah, rather than try and block for two days, we go out there and, and uh, <laughs> we try and hit the first four for six. And yeah, but that's pretty much part of his approach. I was listening to Stuart Broad in one of the yeah. intervals and he said that uh, McCollum's approach is that he said to him, just go out and hit the first ball for six. And if you get out second ball, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a refreshing approach, isn't it? I can't imagine uh, I old do, Cat yeah. down at Essex being too happy <laughs> being to go out and hit the first ball for six. You know, I do like it. But I think you've got to temper it slightly. You've got to temper this. What is it isn't going so well just to bring down the shutters slightly. There's a time and a place for it. I should probably just explain to any non-cricket fans. I, I, I sometimes forget that our show is listened to by many, many people around the world. So we're talking cricket here for any, any uh, foreign-based listeners. Um, and Baz Ball, as it's become known, is named after Brendan McCullum, the uh, England uh, manager, coach, whatever, whatever position he holds, he's the, he's the main man. And it's I'd, I'd describe it as a more attacking approach, generally speaking, Neil. In it, it's like, it's more like the the approach you might get in the short form T Twenty style uh, applied to a traditionally fairly staid and conservative format of the game in Test match cricket. So it's attacking where once it would have been fairly defensively minded. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's very much towards getting the result, isn't it? And, Rather than drawing, yeah. Oh, 
yeah, well, Stokes is is quite a good captain to have for it because he isn't going to hang around, is he? <laughs> he's an attack-minded player. Um, I mean, it's geared around that idea that you try and win the game, you win it decisively, and you crucially, uh, which always makes me laugh slightly because it's part of the reason that I think we as a nation love cricket, is it's always been a rather... It can be a dull sport sometimes to watch for the non-fan, and this this really tries to reach probably a new audience in some ways because it's entertaining in a in a way that maybe you wouldn't have once have thought of the sport. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it doesn't always work. I, I, I watched dear old Jack Leach try and do a reverse sweep when I just put the TV on this morning, and he was out first ball. So yeah, that's the price you're going to pay for taking an attacking stance in, in the game of cricket. But um, anyway, more power to, to Stokes and to, to McCullum because it's, I think it'll put the, it'll bring the excitement and the buzz back to the sport now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but the purists, the real purists might not like it, but it's quite entertaining. You've got to be honest. Yeah. When you see, yeah, when you have the openers go out and they're trying to coat the first two or three balls <laughs> over the boundary, <laughs> Yeah, it's almost shit or bust, isn't it? That kind of scenario. Absolutely. Big sports weekend, Neil. Um, as I said, we've got the World Cup, obviously, tomorrow night. England versus France in the World Cup quarterfinals. As well as the return of a full slate of championship fixtures after the, the break for our level, uh, certainly. The, the game kind of largely returns back to, to life tomorrow. Millwall entertaining Wigan Athletic at home. Traditional bogey opponents, Wigan. I've never enjoyed watching Wigan, Neil. There are some teams I've never enjoyed watching Mill play. Wigan are one of them. Wimbledon, I've never enjoyed watching Wimbledon either. Um, you knew you were always in for a grind of a game, and I've always found Wigan to have a similar kind of, um, uh, I don't know, you, you grit your teeth slightly when you go and watch Mill play, play Wigan, don't you? Yeah, it's dour, isn't it? It's one of those, uh, it's uh, a, yeah, but let's be honest, it's a northern shithole, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another one. <laughs> Under new management, they're on. They, 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 they're a strange club in some ways because they're relative newcomers to the football league. I think it was in the late seventies they were voted in from non-league football. Seventy-seven. There we are. Um, yep. And but they've always they've always had a kind of um, certainly in recent times. A, you know, they had Roberto Martinez. They had a kind of a foreign management vibe going. They've always tried to be slightly out there a little bit in their manager. I mean, they've got Colo Toure, the ex-Arsenal, and Manchester City manager has been appointed just a few days um, ago, I think. Now, to be honest, uh, yeah, they're a basket case for club, aren't they? They're one of those clubs Ooh. that I don't actually agree with what they did last year. They went into administration and uh, cleared a lot of debt. And uh, that enabled them to start again, get promoted. And uh, I think I was hearing something the other week that that the new lot have been late paying the wages. It's lucky on Dave Whelan's money, didn't they? Uh, yeah. They were able to yeah. win the Premier League. JJB Sports was his thing, wasn't it? The uh, I don't know if that still exists, JJB, but that was um, that was where his you know his, his money was uh, based. Didn't didn't Mike actually buy them? But yeah, no, no it's. Yeah, well, I've never really forgiven them for beating us in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> or the, or the, uh, the, 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 the uh, what do I call it, the four members, the, the auto windscreen shield. That was that was another um, Wigan 
special, wouldn't it? Late, late, late goal there, that, uh, their first it's, appearance at Wembley since the war. They had nobody there, and uh, I know, I know. Afternoon, uh, yeah, yeah, they're a bogey club, aren't they? I've been up there and seen us win, admittedly, on a on a Tuesday, Wednesday night when we needed it. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's just dour place, isn't it? And then they go and bring in Colo Toro. Yeah. We're sitting in seventh after that very disappointing performance up at Sunderland last week. And I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it, but it was a very insipid second half by Millwall. After actually not a bad first half, in fairness, but I thought we just looked, looked like we didn't care about it in the second half. It was a very strange performance, I found, last week. Yeah, no, I fell asleep at half time, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what really, literally? You actually literally did fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I fell asleep at half time. Uh, it's, it, well, it was a strange one. You just couldn't see us getting anything in that first half. We just looked, yeah, we just looked like Millwall, really, didn't we? They weren't. It was a very too. anticlimactic, a very anticlimactic because there's been a bit of a build up. We we'd come off of a really good performance up at Preston just before the the enforced break, and I know that you know. No one wanted this winter break, the World Cup being played when it's being played. But um, it just, I, I, I appreciate that a few weeks off takes away some of the edge and the buzz, perhaps. But, uh, you know, 880 people made the journey up there, Neil. You know, Millwall fans made the long away trip to Sunderland and they were dished up a fairly poor second half dish, I felt. And I don't know, sometimes I think the game takes, takes its fans for, for granted a little bit because. You can get beat, and you certainly get beat at Sunderland. There's always been a tough place to go for us, but uh, we just looked like we didn't really give a shit, and I thought that was the most unforgivable part of that second-half performance, which I found odd. Yeah, we might not have the best players in the world, but traditionally we always want our players to give everything, don't we? You can put we up do. the loot. It's the manner of the defeat. But I think it showed up all of our frailties uh, that that we desperately need. A goal scorer. Yeah, we need, agree. We need to revamp that attack because the way it is, we ain't going to do anything, are we? That's, yeah, but let's be honest. He, he stumbled upon this system that works quite well. But again, he hasn't got the players for the formation. So he's having to play everybody out of position. Mm. Rely heavily on Zion Fleming. Yeah, which yeah. is something bother stop. Uh, fantastic player, but it's almost that Jed Wallace scenario, isn't it? Where we rely so heavily on one player to carry us, and if that player gets marked out the game or doesn't have a good game, it's yeah. almost curtains, isn't it? Well, Zian will be attracting attention now. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's clearly a standout player for us, and, and opposition sides will now be looking for him. And um, just as they've identified Jake Cooper at set pieces, and they almost rugby tackle him now, which seems to go unpunished. It went unpunished up at the Stadium of Light last week, Neil. Um, but they're also going to identify Zian as, as, a, as a player to, to pick out. We don't have many other options after Zian in terms of creativity. And I think you're right. You know, that's going to be. Where we'll either succeed or fail in the in the January uh, transfer window um, remains to be seen. What what kind of business we do there? 
few injuries. I'm Ryan Leonard and Bennett Gafobe are pretty much permanent fixtures on the on the medical bench at the moment, aren't they? Um, sad, but uh, also Tyler Bury's been down with his mystery uh, illness. Whether he'll be fit for tomorrow, I don't know. And uh, Stylesy, I, I love this nickname thing that Gary Rowett does. I kind of love it and hate it all at once. And Stylesy apparently is a doubt for tomorrow's home game at the Den. So yeah, it's quite cringy <laughs> when they start using. Because then fans start using it. I watch a, I watch a cricket YouTube channel refer to yeah. Joe Root as Rooty, because Root. that's what the players call him. So it's a yeah, false so matingness. Yeah. Gary Rowitz, you know, he seems to, his, his interviews with the press. He doesn't refer to them by name. It would do my head in if I worked with him, Neil. If I kept calling you Fizzy. I don't know. It, it would it would get on my wick if I was you know if if it was me at work and someone my boss was called me hearty all the time. I don't know. It's just it's just juvenile. But anyway, there we are. Give yeah, Callum Styles is one that frustrates me. Frustrates the hell out of me. He's he's obviously yeah. got great ability, and how much of it have we actually seen? He's, he's had two or three very good games, but can you really put your hand on your heart and say? No. Really impressed. No, not yet. I, I mean, I, I think it comes back to something of what you've touched on, which is where we're using players in in places where they're not maybe naturally um, best positioned. I mean, Vogel Sanger, not Vogel. I keep going to say Vogel Song. There's a baseball player. Vogel Sammer is you know being used as a kind of a wide man when he's probably more of a, a striker, um, you know, overt striker, and even um, Stylesy. Uh, uh, he, he seems to be played wherever there's a need rather than, um, you know, I, I believe he's a midfielder by trade. Well, I, I think he can probably slot in anywhere. Maybe that's his that's his downfall and, and his strength all in one because he'll go anywhere that he, he's put. But Well, he was signed as a left wing back, wasn't he? And never and since we changed the formation, isn't required for that position. Uh, yeah. Can play centre mid I guess it's just you don't want this season to be one where you look back on and you think only if because Mm. there's no two ways about it we are in a fantastic position we are in a position to challenge for the Premier League yeah we are and and we've largely got the players to challenge for the Premier League yeah Uh, but you've just got that I don't know. I've just got that nagging doubt at the back of my mind. It's going to be one of those where we're going to be looked back and saying in 10, 15 years' time, only if. It's a bit like uh, when we last when we lost to Birmingham. One player off, weren't we? One or two players off having a really, really, really good side. Yeah, the injuries, it's probably our best run of injuries for quite a long time, isn't it? Ryan Leonard, I think, is permanently injured, so you can yeah, just... and Benick seems to become a permanent injury as well, doesn't he? Um, you know, yeah, he's ben not been right. I think since the end of October, so you would have thought that they might have operated on it during in, in the time that we were away and uh, yeah. messing around with injections. And Tyler, I don't know. I don't know what... I mean, I, I, I still think he's a highly skilled youngster and we had this conversation the other day Neil about growing up at the den you know when, when you're a, a, a flair player it can be quite a tough arena in which to um to to learn your trade and I think Tyler's still at the point where he's not quite a finished article as a player so 
but he's, he seems to have been out with a, a no one's really saying what this illness is. He's been just been ill, not very well for uh, a period of time. Be interesting to see if he's on the bench even tomorrow, um, because that's quite a, quite a long stretch. If if so, yeah. But to be honest, we both have had this flu thing that's going yeah. around, and and it definitely took me two or three weeks to get over it, and that was being badly ill for two or three weeks, no energy, no anything. No. So he's got that. It's it, it just we can drain you. I mean. I... On a, on a micro level, doing doing these shows sometimes, listeners, I confess, you might have noticed that sometimes the shows sound a bit <laughs> stretched. It's because you know if you haven't got the energy for it, it can be it can be quite an effort. Neil, and if, well, you know, to be a professional football, a totally different ball game entirely. So, you know, if you do have anything like the uh, the bug or whatever you want to call it that, that does the rounds, and it would it would take it out of you. That's that's for sure. Achtung, Milbein. Three o'clock kickoff tomorrow. No change on kickoff time, despite the proximity for the, in- the evening game, which is England versus France, which is a seven o'clock kickoff. Neil, I suppose the club have got two things to think about. One is the distance that we're going to have got to travel down. It's not easy to change a, a three o'clock kickoff, is it? Um, and secondly, I suppose they might, they might be hoping that one or two stick around in Harris Bar and, and watch it, or in the exact, I, I believe and get a few beers in to watch the, the England game in the evening. I don't know how many will do that. Some might. I suppose for many people, to travel back home to or to wherever you, you are would be a little bit tight for a 7 o'clock start. Yeah, we shouldn't really worry about Wigan because what, they're going to bring two, 300 down if that... Got the coach loads. <laughs> yeah, you know, That's quite... Wine, whatever happens. Look, it's an unfortunate <laughs> series of events that they that this wasn't taken into account yeah. uh, months ago. I did notice that for the Luton game, they brought the kickoff forward by half an hour. Yeah, yeah it's okay. an 11.30 start, as against the 12. But it won't make much difference to anyone, will it? But uh, I think that's yeah. they're, they're stuck. They're st- I, I, what I don't get this season, I mean, tomorrow we're playing a full, a full card of... Um, Championship fixtures, and yet you'd have known you'd have, those that run the game would have known that um, the knockout phase of the World Cup is on in the evening. Why did they not shuffle things over to the Sunday? To, but I suppose that interferes with TV schedules and the big, the great, the god of uh, satellite sky TV. You know, uh, maybe that's the reason why. But you got a free Sunday, no World Cup games on Sunday. What they could have done is they could have actually brought the kickoff forward to half past two. Two o'clock, yeah. One, o'clock. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not in Wigan's case, but bringing it forward half an hour, yeah. You see your fans are in and around the vicinity half one, two o'clock, aren't they? So to bring it forward, yeah. and let's be honest, I think there's a train strike on, isn't there tomorrow? There's and, a train uh, strike. It doesn't make it easy. I, I can see it being a low attendance, whether it be officially low or not, because sometimes they have these official attendances where they count people that aren't there. Um, That's right, you're counted as an attender, whether you're there or not. But um, yeah, I can see it being a low reality uh, attendance tomorrow, just for those practical reasons. You know, it's uh, it's a big, big event tomorrow night. Have we actually had a home game yet that's not been affected by rail works, rail strikes or anything like that. I think somebody said on Hoff that we haven't had a game yet or we might have had one game 
where I, the, where it's actually been easy to get to the game. I, it's, a, seen, it's been a while. I mean, I, I, it's hard. I, I sometimes miss out on this. I mean, I've been over a couple of times now on the on the overgrounds, uh, the the service that feeds into Surrey Keys. Um, there's one game where that wasn't running, but the Jubilee was. So you're just walking across the car park at, uh, at the Tesco's there at Surrey, Surrey Keys. Um, but I, I, mostly I'll drive it over. So I, I must admit I've, I've missed it out. But I, I believe there's been quite a bit of uh, rail disruption this season. It doesn't help, does it? I mean, it's, you know, different different subject. But um, it certainly doesn't help uh, from the Millwall perspective because we do depend quite heavily on, on people coming in by train and... It won't help tomorrow's attendance by any means. Would you hang around in Harry's bar? The game finishes I, at five o'clock. And well, I wouldn't because I'll, I'll drive it over. I, I, you know, I'm not going not gonna to sit on lemonade, Coca-Cola and variations of orange juice for an evening to watch it in Harry's. I, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, some people do and I don't uh, knock that and it's good for the club because there's a, an income being drawn from it. But I, I wouldn't. Would you? Would you go? Would you watch the, the World Cup at Aries Bar if you were there, around? No. No, I'd no, rather I wouldn't. go I wouldn't. Move locally or move, or move somewhere else or go home and watch it. I'll watch it at home, to be quite honest. I'll, I'll quite happily plot up watching it with a curry or something like that. And then there's some boxing afterwards. So... Yeah, well, I'm not a great watcher of football outs, I must admit. I li- no, I like I'm, to, I'm not. I'm not. I like to yeah, but, watch the game and not have to listen to some dickhead's opinion who doesn't know what <laughs> about. And uh, One thing I wouldn't do, which fascinates me about the modern tournament fan zone, these, these box park places, there was one in Croydon that they always show where whenever England score a goal, everyone slings beer in the air. I mean, fuck that, Neil. I mean, I... We've we've scored a goal. I mean, it's this kind of strange modern sense that every everything is climactic. Everything is, every goal is like the best there's ever been. You got you know you have someone sling their fucking lager all over your head just because we've scored a goal. It would do my I, I, it would cause a problem. You know, um, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to go on at the exec or in in um, in Harry's bar or wherever because I think we're a bit beyond all that. But I I can't I wouldn't. Get involved in those box park places for love and money. It just wouldn't. I wouldn't dream of it. Um, but they always look packed, so someone's going there. You know, seven pound a pint, eight pound a pint, and England sling it. sling it in the air. You know, <laughs> you know, some people do like that. Yeah, some people like to go out. They like the the social aspects of it. They like being ripped off. Because you because you're going to be paying a lot more for your food and drink, aren't you? Totally, totally. Um, uh, I, I don't get it. But I, 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 we're in danger of sounding like two old gits talking to each other. In there, we got we got to keep with the kids here, mate. It's, I think that is our audience. But I think we've got an audience saying, "Yes, that's right. What Neil said is right." There, yeah. You know what people do um, enjoy. Good luck to them. Yeah, but it isn't my kind of thing. I'd rather watch it on my own or at home and that kind of thing. You don't really watch the game when you, if you're in a kind of collective situation, like a bar or, or whatever, something like it, you know, you, you're not really watching it. You're talking to people. People want to talk to you. And, and often it's people that don't know anything about football. And it's just not for watching a match. I want to watch it, you know, especially Millwall. If, if, if I'm watching the stream, I'm also doing these, 
these shows with, with, with yourself and others, I want to at least know what I'm, hopefully sound like I know what I'm talking about. You know, um, you can't, you can't do two things at once in that way. But anyway, that's, 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 that's the box park scene slated and condemned, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it'll be a good game tomorrow night. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I think that I've actually enjoyed the World Cup. I don't know if you have. Good, good, good point. I, I think it's been a good one. And I know that's not what you're meant to say, is it, in this kind of um, human rights-driven kind of uh, World Cup, even though we've played many World Cups in many places that have uh, pretty suspect human rights records. I, th- I think I think it's been a good, from the football perspective, it's been a good one. You know, it's been a few games where um, I think I only fell asleep in one. I know Poland were involved in the game because I, I woke up halfway through the second half. Um, <laughs> but that was one of the few. For the most part, the football's been good, Neil. Yeah, what put me off at the start was the virtue signalling orgy of woke that we got from... <laughs> I'm going to have woke big go on this show, and at the moment, how many minutes have passed before Neil gets the woke, the W word out? <laughs> yeah, but it's true, though. Yeah, well, it was. It was an orgy of woke, wasn't it? Orgy yeah, the like... Orgy. I wouldn't go to that one. <laughs> yeah, with the other mob lecturing you. And they're over there taking Qatari money and things like that, yeah? Uh, yeah, but let's figure out about the whys and wherefores of it being there, yeah? Yeah. We have to put up with the lecturing, yeah? And that's what that's what ground me down. Uh, so, so I started to watch it on foreign TV, and I got and I got into it. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. were taking the football. They weren't mentioning human rights and rainbow armbands and all of this, all of this shit that you had to put up with at the start of the tournament. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was a bit like Harry and Meghan, wasn't it? They were just bombarding. <laughs> Did they get in? <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It, yeah, but it's absolutely true. And uh, but into the football. I loved having those early morning kickoffs. Yeah, they're they're brilliant. Um, it reminded just sticking the cricket on now. We've got two wickets down, by the way, listeners at the moment. As Neil and I are speaking, but it's, it's, there's something really great about getting up and putting the telly on, and there's good live top level sport on football. You know, cricket is is just great, isn't it? If they could maybe organise a few more uh, kickoffs and start times to suit your and my schedule, Neil, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Rach might not like you having it on TV 24 7. Oh, he's Wade's slave. He's got to go, he's got to, go to work. <laughs> yeah, the football wise, you've seen some really good games. We have although, some top players, top, top moments. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, although you do have that nauseating, uh, messy loving every time he touches a football. And yeah. It, it, it was just nauseating the way that they treat people and they put people on pedestals and things like that. And but the media get a story, don't they? I mean, what, what I mean, you know how it works anyway. You 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 in in the business, but there's like a story that's that has a version of events that has to be repeated endlessly over and over until you, as you say, you do get a bit sick of the Lionel Messi um, love fest. You get a bit sick of the whole Brazilian thing. I kind of want Brazil to get beat just because we don't have to watch their, their dance routine. Then, and somehow it destroys 
they're a great footballing side and they've got some brilliant individuals, but it, it, it just punctures the, the the accepted version of events that, that 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 which will be according to the media, you know. So I'm hoping that Croatia actually do get past them, but I can't see it today. That's the first one up, three o'clock this afternoon, Croatia, Brazil. And then Netherlands, Argentina tonight, Neil, repeat of the seventy eight classic World Cup final. Yeah, which I think will actually be quite a good game and it'll be a game that I look forward to watching as long as we don't have the nauseating Lionel Messi loving from... <laughs> which we will. <laughs> That's its new name now, listeners. It's the nauseating Lionel Messi loving. Um, tomorrow's game's going to be interesting. I mean, I'll be missing it. I'll be at the uh, at the den, but Morocco versus Portugal could be quite a, quite an interesting game because obviously we've also seen the equally nauseating end of Cristiano Ronaldo's story, haven't we? Um, it, it wasn't picked and they won 6-1, six, six, I believe, the other night. So that's an interesting story. And Morocco's a, an underdog story. So two, you know, two storylines there. And then obviously England-France in the evening. Um, Shown himself up, wasn't he, for being the petulant star on the decline that he actually is. Yeah, yeah it's he, like... Um, like he wants to hang on, hang on and hang on to some kind of past glory and I've not forgiven him for ripping Robbie Ryan a new one in an <laughs> FA Cup final. <laughs> yeah, not he does one. have a bit of, um, what was that film with Bette Davis? Oh, oh Baby Jane. Was it, he's got a kind of a, ba- whatever happened to Baby Jane quality to him, Cristiano these days. But um, England, France in the evening. I mean, that's, that's the big game. That's the, that's the uh, hook for the weekend really now, isn't it? Um, I think we're in with a shout. If we can keep Mbappe quiet, which is the biggest if I think I've probably ever said in my life, but um, I think we've got a team, if it's allowed to, that can can really play well going forwards. And we're in with a shout. Certainly the best chance I've seen for a long time, you know, in England wise, you know. Yeah, uh, thankfully Southgate's forgotten his Gary Rowett routine, hasn't he? Safety first <laughs> and. Uh... And he is, and, and yeah, but he has allowed them to play because that's because when we played the USA, that was absolutely diabolical, wasn't it? it well, was the all... handbrake was on, and we had wedges under the front wheels as well, just to prevent us moving, even if we wanted to. So, um, Phil Foden, good enough for Pep Guardiola, but not you've seemingly ex Crystal Palace non entity Gareth Southgate. I mean, yeah. It's a huge game, and you know, um, if we get can get past France, big if, then anything's possible. Semi-finals onwards. It's um, you know, and, and, and the, the world is your oyster. As, as uh, I feel like Del Boy Rodney saying that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. Personally, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I haven't been to the den for various reasons with the break in the World Cup and also I was away for the previous home game that we had. So I haven't been to the den for a couple of months now. I think the last time I went was the Jed Wallace game, the uh, West Brom, which is back in October. So I'm looking forward to getting down there tomorrow. And it's all part of the day, the cold, the, the edge in the air, the floodlights are on. It's I, I don't understand people that don't want to go to football matches because... You can't beat it, in my opinion, as drama and as just as an experience and as a day day out. So, anyway, there we are. Um, anyway, we, welcome back after the break, <laughs> after the moat fest. <laughs> this is going to be a yeah. rambling edition, Neil, isn't it, this one? Um, a couple of bits caught my eye from the Millwall uh, News at Den and the South London, uh, the London News Online. Um, we've signed an, an agreed a deal, apparently, for an Irish prospect, young kid, African boy. Uh, from Ireland, Adomo Imaku, um, we've f- coming from Shamrock Rovers, and apparently we've we've beaten to the punch Wolves and Southampton to to sign this highly rated youngster. Um, I don't know anything about him, so I can't comment too much on on Adomo. But what I did want to say was, if this story comes to pass, um, and it's it's reported like the deal is done. Um, this sounds like another coup for the Millwall recruitment team, Neil, because I did, this boy wasn't one that I'd heard of. He's clearly highly rated. If we have beaten to the signature the likes of Wolves and Southampton, and he's played in Italy, this, this kid for Le- Lecce, um, we've done well. You know, this, that's that's the kind of deal we want to see, isn't it? If this if this comes to pass, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he was a player we tried to sign in August, and they wouldn't let him go. I think right. he's got one left on his contract. He's very, very, very highly rated, apparently. He's scored in the Champions League or the Europa League. Maybe yeah, even Republic both. of Ireland. Yeah, under-19 Republic of Ireland player. This will be a done deal because I saw it on Richard Cowley's uh, Twitter feed and that was undoubtedly briefed by the club. Yeah, yeah. So the club have obviously tipped him the wink and said you can put this out. Uh, a lot a lot of top European clubs were after him. And this is this is the scenario that we've been talking about, Nick, isn't it? For a yeah. long time. Yeah. Right? That we need to get these players in, like Zeon Fleming, and then yeah. we add value to them. And this is another young player that we can bring in. Hopefully we can we can add some value to him. And and you know it's buy sell repeat, isn't it? That kind of thing. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm just re- re- just reading from Richard's piece here, talking about the boy uh, Imaku. Uh, he can play in a number of offensive roles and has been called up to the Republic while under under nineteen setup. Uh, Millwall view Imaku as a player of a big potential, but also one for the future. So um, this is precisely the kind of thing that we've 
you know, we've for years we've been hoping that we can start to find these these uh, lesser known players that we can polish and sell on. So, I just wanted to mention that. Not because I'm only going by the the write up listeners and the Richard's write up here, and I don't know anything more more about the boy. But um, well done to Millwall for pulling this off. I think it's it's always easy to slag the club, um, but this is what we should be doing, and we've done it. So, hats off to uh, to Alex Aldridge and and uh, Steve Cavanaugh. And whoever else involved in the club, I don't I would have thought those would be the main players in the deal. Yeah, no, we have said that Alex has upped his game since Absolutely. he's come back broken. He's maybe brought Stokes' modelling back, has improved upon it with his own ideas, and we're starting to reap the rewards. And uh, we are, we are. Yeah, we're very quick to run the club down as a fan base. I've never known a fan base like it that <laughs> we. Yeah. No, some yeah, people seem to take pleasure in knocking it, knocking us. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we yeah, don't always help yeah. ourselves, but show me a club that is isn't efficiently run. I, you know, I bet if you and I were to talk to anyone from a different different club, they'd, they'd have their own stories of um, you know slapdash incompetence and whatever. But you know, that's 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 life. But I, I think where we do well, we should we should be the first to acknowledge it. And I think this this deal. Sounds like that kind of what we've we've been wanting. So, fingers crossed mm. for for the, Model, uh, the boy, Marcus. So you can't argue with it, and uh, hopefully, my one fear is that we need somebody that can come in immediately and score goals. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, not another one for the future. We need. We need somebody else who can come in and score immediately. Well, it's interesting. We were talking about the World Cup before we we we, we yeah. read the adverts, Neil. And I think I think you made the point about um, you know it's been a good World Cup and it has been. But I think what you what you're seeing a lot is, including England, um, a lot of good sides separated really by some truly majestic individuals. You know, it's it's there's a higher level, the highest level you're going to get. So I'm not comparing Millwall with 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 uh, the, the Brazilian side, but you know, you when you've got or an Mbappe, you know, for, for for France, when you've got, you need someone that's going to get the goal, that's going to take the game and take these moments, and that's what we've lacked a little bit. Now we're not going to achieve that level of player, but we do need someone just to walk into the side and start scoring goals. Now I imagine that's going to be loan. Uh, there's a story here about utilising the loan market in uh, in January. So maybe we'll see some action now. I don't know, but that's where we've got to that's where we've got to improve if we're going to make it this season. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Everon Ferguson at Brighton, mm. who again has been linked with us, but it depends. Uh, yeah, he's eighteen. He might be a fantastic player, but he's another one for the future really, isn't he? We need guarantee goals, not somebody who might come in and score a few. And no. that type of player, Brighton wants him to get minutes under his belt at this stage. So so he's probably not for us at the moment. It's okay if you've got two up front, but we play no. one up, don't we? And one either side. So we need a we need somebody that's gonna score, not somebody who might score. Or maybe or some other point to prove. I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be important if we're going to make it this season. I think it is going to be the the, the difference between us finishing top six or not. Let's let's see see who we get. Chris Wood type. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, that's a good. That's a good example. Yeah. Um, we need 
or yeah, Laura was going to say a young Harry Kane, but then again, we didn't know that Harry Kane was going to be as good as he was when he came down. But no. Chris Wood is a good example of somebody when when we need that caliber of player, as you've said, somebody with something to prove. And I also think we need to hang on to Jake Cooper because apparently Glasgow Rangers are sniffing again. I don't. I know saw that. Someone mentioned that story. I, I hadn't seen that story, but I, I think I saw it on. Um... Might have been Mill Online. I someone mentioned Jake going off to 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 Rangers, and I hadn't seen that. But I mean, he will attract attention, Neil. I mean, he's well, he's out of contract the season, and and for some hasn't agreed and yet a new contract yet. Which I think they've been talking. So is it going to be another situation that he's done his time? Yeah, yeah, he's done his time with us. I wouldn't want to see him go in January because we 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 are within touching distance. People are saying, "Oh, yeah, but we've got a ready-made replacement. We just get him back from St Johnston." No, he's not ready-made replacement. Just because That's Alex playing, Mitchell, yeah, yeah, just because he's playing well up there doesn't mean he can come back in and do it immediately. I think he'd be better off serve staying there for the year. I saw it's, a story that said that from the club, Neil, that said that they they see they they see Mitchell seeing out the season in Scotland. Um, so I, I don't think they see that as a, a ready made replacement. If you, if you want to put it very in terms, very you know. move in my view, he's doing yeah. great things up there. Let him get the confidence of a season up there, not come back and sit on the bench for half a season down here when he can be playing against Rangers and Celtic and teams like that. It'll do him the world of good. We do feel like we're just one player, one goal scorer. Let's, let's, let's get it out there. I mean, even with the makeshift nature of the side, um, I think if we have a goal scorer, then, um, well, that's going to be the difference between success and failure. We'll, we'll see what two see players, what January brings. Two players, I think. I don't think we're too far off it. I think we need, yeah, we also need a wide player. We need, I think we need somebody wide on the left, isn't it? Left side. We've always struggled on the left, now, haven't we? So if we can get a Chris Wood type of player with something to prove and a left-sided player, I think we're set. We don't need to bring in five or six players unless we have an extraordinary run of injuries in January that, that actually necessitate that scenario. But yeah. But we're not far off, and it's two players, and 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 I would hope that if we can get that striker, and then we've got this young kid coming in, yeah, we can ease him into it rather than mm. there you pitching your eight. Yeah, you've now got to go out and get us the goals. I don't think it will do him any favours. Achtung, Milbein. Just to move us along, uh, there's an interesting um, FA Youth Cup fixtures being played uh, Saturday the 17th, so Saturday week. Um, it's a seven o'clock Saturday night kickoff, which is unusual. It's uh, Mill uh, Youth versus Arsenal Youth. They're being played at the, the game's being played at the Boreham Wood Stadium. Um, and it's free to get in. That's, a, that's an interesting way to do it, isn't it? Have a free free entry for a, a, a youth uh, game but, uh, being played at a, a decent non-league setup there at Boreham Wood. Um, it'd be nice to see if you go up there for that one. Um, I might even see if I can get over there myself Saturday night. But you know, the, the free entry is, is a good a good way to do it. There should be more of this kind of thing in football, in my opinion. 
I think Arsenal, Arsenal traditionally uh, did open the gates for their reserve games. I can remember the old football right. combination games over at Highbury and things like that, and they were always free. I think they pay. Don't Arsenal women play there? And uh, I think I the think women Ar- play at Boreham Wood. Yeah, yeah um, under twenty threes might play there as well. Uh, so they obviously give them a fee for the year. They, I think, they pay for the pitch to be done and have been yeah. ground improvements, and then, and then Boreham would make off your catering and your bars, don't they? And they've already been paid. They do. It's a very, it's a, it's a very strange kickoff time, isn't it? Seven o'clock on Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah. Some saying, "Oh, yeah, no, they don't want us to go," uh, but. That mentality, it's a hot mentality. I shouldn't ever have opened the thread, really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You read it and you think, oh, there there always has to be some subliminal message behind a seven o'clock kickoff. It's a very interesting one, I must admit. It did raise an (laughs) eyebrow with me. I thought, seven o'clock on the Saturday night. Yeah, I, don't know. I might, I might, I might have. I'll see. I, I, I say these things, listeners. That I might go to it, and I probably won't go to it. But anyway, there we are. Um, seven o'clock, Saturday the seventeenth. <laughs> um, Boreham Wood. Uh, the details on the on the uh, the club website. Um, just to close us out, if we can, Neil. Um, it's an interesting piece that uh, Aaron did actually from the from the Achtong. Um did a, a little piece in the week of on Belvoir TV football, looking at the uh, the various community events that the the club are involved in, particularly the the Lions Food Hub that we are heavily involved with ourselves. Um, really nice little piece. It's a great publicity for Millwall. I don't know if you've got a chance to see it. It's been doing the rounds on on Twitter. Um, like the, the, talking about the drop-in centre, the club run every every Wednesday morning at the exact lounge and the work of Kelly and, and the food hub. Um, really, really good publicity. And I did hear, this is, a, I don't know if a, Kelly will thank me for saying this, but um, on the strength of the piece that uh, she did to camera uh, with ITV and Aaron the other night, that there was a donation of 45 turkeys uh, been been made by somebody. I don't know if it's a local businessman or a viewer of the, of the piece uh, donated. 45 turkeys for families locally to enjoy their Christmas. Um, and I just think that's fantastic. The the, the, the little section that it did, about one and a half minutes, two minutes, that's on, it's on Twitter, really gave some good publicity for, for Millwall and the work that we do. So hats off to all involved on that. Matt, I, I want to pay tribute to not only to Kelly and everybody at Millwall, but I think I, I, I was listening to the price of football the other day. Yeah. And... Uh, a lot of clubs that during this time, these horrible times that we're living in, I know it's horrible in the, in, yeah, well, I hate using the cost of living crisis because it's we the, have to it's have the cliche, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every, yeah. Everything's a crisis or an emergency now. But you have got <laughs> clubs opening their doors. And they're allowing people to go into sitting lounges and watch TV to keep Just to warm. Keep warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, some soup, 
something to eat and they're laying this on and yeah well, obviously Millwall yeah we've got the lights on we've got the heating on for the staff that work there so yeah, um, yeah well other clubs have as well I think it's just a fantastic way of a football club being able to help the community I think that we lose a lot of sight in modern football we were talking about modern football earlier on we were yeah yeah that it is much more business driven now it's moved kind of away from being the hub of the community the football club was always the be everything in the community wasn't it yeah and and they've kind of got away and the work that kelly does 45 turkeys means there are 45 families that aren't going to go hungry at christmas well, they're going to have a Christmas because, you know, you, yeah. you, if you, you and me you, speak to each other, was Christmas, well, you have a turkey at Christmas. And if you can't afford that, many can't, it makes it into Christmas. It's a big deal. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, are, you, you and I can have plenty to eat at Christmas, but there yeah. are people that, that can't afford it. Yeah. And it's shameful. Absolutely. It's shameful. It I'm, not, I'm not a lefty in any way, shape or form. Uh, but I think it's a stain on this country that we have to have food banks and the work that Kelly and that do. That's why I do this. Yeah, it's a Friday morning. I'm supposed to be working, but no. Well, we'll do a you know, well, we'll do a podcast that people listen to. <laughs> we get revenue that we can then pass that revenue on, can't we? And it does a we bit do. of good. We do. Um, also, we just want to touch. I mentioned um, the, the the ITV piece. It's on Twitter. You can find it dead easy, listeners. Um, well worth a watch. It's only about a minute, two two minutes of of your time. But I just want to say, well done to as, as well as everybody else, but also Billy Mitchell. He's, he, he does a lot of work, and you can tell Neil when a player's doing his community um, work grudgingly, or when he's really sitting there and. Um, putting himself into it, and Billy's putting himself into it. I, there's a, a couple of shots of him talking to uh, the people in the coffee club, and he's talking to them. He's he's, he's there. He's he's not just there because he's contractually required to do something. There's a big difference, and you know, um, we all know Billy Mitchell's a, a Millwall fan, but he's genuinely in that room because he wants to be there and he's enjoying himself. And I think that's that's a tribute to the boy because. Um, you can soon tell when somebody's just there because they're going through the motions and Billy's not going through the motions. So I just want to say well done to, to Bill there on, on that front. It's a great uh, it's a great publicity for the club. And as ever, you know, we've been brought up with knowing that Mill is a name that means certain things to certain people out there, but we'll never change that. But it's just is great to see the other side of the coin portrayed on mainstream media so well done to IT and Aaron for doing that that piece you know I'm glad you brought that up about Billy because he is an impressive young man he is. and and I saw that and you could see that he wanted to be there that he was giving it everything and he and he's one of our own yeah he's a homegrown yeah. player he's a Millwall fan the family are Millwall fans and you can see as you said it means something to him and he's doing fantastic things on the pitch. And he's also he doing fantastic things off the pitch. And those are the things that make club legends that, aren't they, that, yeah, well, I know we have this whole debate about what's a club legend, but Billy Mitchell's got the makings of being one. And just yeah. 
just one for what he does on the pitch, but everything that it income that in that Millwall encapsulates and uh He's a credit to himself, he's a credit to his family, and he's an absolute credit to this club. Um, 100%, really- yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, well, well done, Bill. Um, as I say, it's on Twitter. Um, I've re- retweeted it already, but it's, it's not difficult to find it, listeners, if you haven't seen it. Um, just to close us out, if I may, Neil, um, I just want to mention and say thank you, a couple of thank yous, really. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's bought this uh, pundit game, the trivia game, because that's generated some revenue for us this week, which I was able to donate to Kelly, to the Food Hub. Seven uh, sales have taken place. That's given us 70 quid. Um, we've passed that over this week. Um, makes a total of 260 so far for the season that we've been able to generate on the on the um, podcast. The, the game is a good game. It's like, um, it's like a Trivial Pursuit game. Uh, some of the questions are... Uh, they're arranged. Some of them are quite obscure, so you you will need to be a football head out there to know know your stuff. Um, but if you do buy one, it generates a revenue for the for the food hub, and that's fantastic. So we we're able to put seventy quid into the food hub this week as a result, direct result of those that have bought their Christmas presents. Pundit game. So visit the the pundit uh, punditgame.co.uk, um, and I'll retweet that on our on our Twitter feed. And finally, if I'm just working, I've placed the order, Neil, for our 2023 Achtung Millwall calendar, which is um, been, has been uh, a series of team photos across the ages that uh, Chris Bethel is an absolute mine of information and photographs. And he sent me a range of, uh, well, 13 team photographs since 1894-95. So it's going to be a range of classic Millwall teams that, I've tried to choose seasons that aren't obviously big seasons, so they're offbeat seasons, and I've done a little piece against each one just to explain what happened in a particular year. So that's going to be available. I'm hoping to take delivery of the, of the calendars either today or Monday, and then we'll stick it online for sale. And that's going to also generate revenues for the Food Hub. And I'm hoping, my target listeners, I'm going to need you out there to to help me, I'm, I'm hoping that we can sell enough to generate £1,000 contribution to the food hub that's my target and i'm hoping i'll achieve it but we'll see um i'll publish that online when it comes so i just wanted to mention the 2023 calendar nil which is uh become a bit of a, a regular thing that we do now yeah it's become a millwall tradition hasn't it the acton millwall so yeah well, i know you used to get the ones from the club shop which yeah which coincidentally i hear has actually reopened uh yeah there's yes. not a lot in yeah, there's not a lot in there apparently. But it's it not, I've not been over. <laughs> yeah, it's actually reopened, and the added bonus of getting the Acton Millwall calendar not only does it help people in our local community, but you're not going to have a player on your calendar next November that we sold three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point i hadn't thought of it from that angle that's a very good point <laughs> yeah. yeah we your calendar will remain relevant all year you're not going to have a player in you know next november or next december who hasn't been around for eight and nine months because we decided to <laughs> that is a very that's an excellent point and i hadn't I, thought of that at all um so it's, that's a brilliant point um, the seasons that we've got team photographs, all from Chris Bethel's photographic 
um, collection, which is vast, Neil. I mean, Chris is a, ma- a mine of um, information and, and trivia and, and stuff of this kind. Um, I think we've got um, 1894-95. Um, we've got 1914-15. Uh, we've got one from the 20s, 26-27, I think it is. And early 30s, 1933-34. 1946-47, one from the, that's 1960-61, which is my year of birth, and then one from the late 60s, 60, 69-70, and some recent ones as well. So we, we've crammed them in there. Um, and it, against each one, Neil, I've done a little potted resume of what happened that season, and the likes of Neil Fischler and all the other experts out there will read those little pieces and probably pull them to pieces and correct me where I've made any, um, crossed any 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 boundaries or any lines. So that's your challenge, Fizz. Would I do something like Yes, that? you would. <laughs> I know, I'll tell you. Uh, and also... Th- <laughs> I did. I did this at pace a little bit, listeners, because I, I, I didn't start till late for various reasons. I've written them. Guaranteed um, to be. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm writing this stuff, I'm thinking they're going to. is going to pull some of this apart. Anyway, it, it should be your bit of fun for the season. But it's all for a good cause. Um, target is to generate a thousand pound for the food up, and that's really what it's all about, listeners. So um, we'll have those on sale. I hope next week. Um, so watch yeah, this we're space. Be bombarding you, so be prepared. And it I'm would prepared. be good if it's a thousand pounds for Kelly. That's the, the target, work. yeah. For January, because we, you know, Christmas is upon us, and as we all know, Neil, you and I know, January is a long month, and um, that's I think when Kelly will need the uh, the help and assistance because uh, the glamour is Christmas uh, but January is always a tough tough month so that's what we're going to try and aim at anyway more news on that next week I hope Neil I think we've reached the end of my very flimsy agenda mate. Um, I feel like we've um, <laughs> I feel like we've taken a, we've taken a flimsy flimsy uh, running order there and, and stretched it out mate so well done thank you for coming on the show today yeah no well, we have ranted and raved our way through about twenty <laughs> minutes earlier on. Uh, if you're still here bit listening bit to it, this is well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you are woke and you are a modern football fan, yeah, <laughs> you have nothing personal. I just don't like you. <laughs> ho, 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 spirit of Christmas. There we are. Huge thank you, Neil Fischler. <laughs> thank you to you too, dear listeners. Um, and thank you to everyone that's contributed to the game. Uh, do, do. Uh, you need a Christmas present, it's a good, good game to get. Anyway, there we are. Until the next show, which will be next week, from Neil and I, it's Arriva Dirty Millwall, and bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Achtung, achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, nine sub, one goal. As he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundit. You can follow Pundit at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a board game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. 
and you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent it will suit the football head in your life dear listeners great way to pass a christmas afternoon you can get a 10 percent discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk at p-u-n-d-i-t G-A-M-E-S, punditgames.co.uk. Get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters. LIONS, capital letters. And every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub. Um, What a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time. So get on it, punditgames.co.uk. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.